Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Amen and amen. Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to church this morning. Um, Welcome those who are joining us online. Before I jump into my message, I want to welcome my, our, our eighth grandchild, and congratulate Ricky and Tati and Maria and Jim. Owen, baby Owen, yes, let's give it up for him. Yeah, Owen, Rio, help me out, Elliot, <laughs> Thompson, there we go. Last time I welcomed one of my grandchildren in the church, I gave his name, and then d- during the course of the week, they changed the name. <laughs> so it was, it was one name on Sunday and a totally different name the next Sunday. So, but congratulations to Ricky and Tati and keep them in prayer as they recover. Amen? All right. So um, we are in a series that we've based out of Ephesians chapter 6 where we've entitled God's PPE, God's Personal Protective equipment. And the Apostle Paul was the one who clued us in as to what it looked like. He says in Ephesians 6 verse 13, he tells us to therefore put on, help me out somebody, the full armor of God. And then he tells us why. He says so that if the day of evil comes, help me, help me somebody. Does it say if? It doesn't say if, does it? It says when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. So it doesn't say if, it says when. How many have already been experiencing days of evil? Come on. Is it just me? I mean, if you have it, you will. And so for that reason, the Apostle Paul, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, wants to let every single one of us know that we've not been left defenseless but that God has given us equipment, and then he gave us uh, equipment so that we might stand, and then it says, having done all else, to stand. In other words, there's no retreat. (laughs) Come on, somebody. We're not talking about bowing. We're talking about standing against whatever the enemy might have designed in your life to bring you down or to cause us problems. And so, We talked about the different aspects, the helmet of salvation. The Bible says you must be born again. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which it identifies as the Word of God. We need to apply God's Word in our lives. It's both an offensive and defensive weapon. To apply the belt of truth, which kind of holds everything in place. And I said truth is what's uh, on... um, Truth is what's being challenged on a daily day basis. And so we need to apply God's truth so that we can, well, this scripture says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We talked about ways to apply the shield of faith, which the scripture says if we apply it correctly, it has the ability to extinguish all of the fiery darts of the enemy and to put on the breastplate of righteousness where we talked about last week with where I said it basically comes down between two camps 
Um, you'll either have a righteousness established in your own works, which means that there are things that you have to do in order to be saved. The problem is you don't know how much, when, is, when, you, when you've accomplished that. Or you have a, a righteousness that's been established in Christ, which says it's already been done. What was one of the last things Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross? He said, it is finished, done. And so he invites the entire world to apply the righteousness that was purchased through him on the cross so that we might experience the eternal life that he promises to everyone. Every single one of us has an eternal spirit or eternal soul that's going to live forever somewhere. And he gives us the opportunity to say, if we put our place, place our trust in Jesus Christ, that we will spend eternity with him. Again, I didn't say it. He said it. Well, today we're going to complete the ensemble with footwear because we've, we've talked about every aspect of the, of the armor so far. But now we're getting down to the feet. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15 says, And, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with, help me somebody, from the gospel of peace. Is, is that on your outline? Can you circle the word readiness anywhere on there? Readiness. So what does the Apostle Paul say we need to be ready or prepared to do? He's saying that we need to be ready or, uh, 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 and to fully understand or rest and be immersed in the truth of the gospel of peace, the, what he calls the gospel of peace. And, and due to its location on the body, we need to be ready to run with this truth at all times. Now, we know that the word gospel means what? Anybody? Help me, someone. It means good news. The word gospel literally means good news. So, so, so we all should have a handle and be ready to share at a moment's notice the good news that comes through Jesus Christ or the Prince of Peace. Does that make sense? It's like when the angel declared the good news uh, at the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, he says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for who? All the people. Just Americans? All. Come on, somebody. For everybody, right? All. For all the people. Luke chapter 2, verse 13, he says, And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host, those are angels, appeared, Again, with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, help me, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, by the way, we need to know that God's heart toward us is peace and for us to have his favor. Now, come, of course, we come to know what the good news of peace is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, the New Century Version says it this way, God was in Christ making peace between the world and himself. In Christ, God did not hold the world guilty of its sins, but he, but he gave us this message of peace. And so we talked about that. In Christ, God made peace between us and God. Amen? Amen. And, and that sacrifice brought peace for the entire world. Again, that's the difference between uh, working for your own salvation 
or considering it done already in Jesus Christ. Listen, if you want to work for your salvation, have at it. I'm going to trust that Jesus did it all for me. Amen? But he said with that, he gave us a message of peace. He gave us a message of peace. And my question to you this morning is, what are we supposed to do with this message? What are we supposed to do with this message? I want you to write that down. Well, first of all, apply it to yourself, right? You make sure that you, are, you have the peace of God in your life, in your heart. But secondly, someone said it over here, we need to share it. We need to share it. Share it with the people around us. Share it with whomever um, God allows to come into your life, into your path, whether it's your family, your friends, your coworkers, the, the people at your work, share it. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says as much. It says, we are therefore Christ, what's the word he uses? Ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Folks, that's the message of the gospel. And again, it tells us what we should be doing uh, with, with it and who we, who we are in Christ. The Bible says we are Christ's ambassadors. Now, an ambassador literally means a representative. It, it's, it's a diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by one country as a long-term representative to another. In other words, an ambassador of England, if he came over here, will represent who? It would represent England and the wishes of England and the desires of England. If it was an ambassador of France, the same thing. If it was an ambassador of Italy or Israel, the same thing. They represent the country from which they come. An ambassador represents, speaks for, and their allegiance is to their own country. That means that if we become born again, PPE-wearing believers having trusted Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, and now having his spiritual DNA running through us and having been washed by his blood, we are all now representatives of Christ's kingdom. Amen? Amen. You, are, you and I are Christ's ambassadors. That is what Paul is trying to tell everyone. Even more so when you start to understand that it's really a tale of two Two kingdoms. The Bible says we are supposed to be in this world, but not of this world. Why? Because now we're part of the kingdom of God once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And while we're living in it, we are on assignment. So my question to you this morning is, what's our assignment? What's our assignment? Well, he tells us to have our feet shod with the gospel or the preparation or the readiness to share the good news at all times. Ta-da! There are people who are trying to figure out what God wants them to do. They want to know what my mission is in, in this world. And the Bible makes it clear that we all have a mission. And part of that mission is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the people around us. Does that make sense? And so that's what we're supposed to be doing. Share the good news at all times. First Peter 3.15 says... But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Listen, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And so as far as you're concerned, as far as I'm concerned, the Bible says that we should always be ready to give an answer for what we believe. 
But then it tells us that we need to be able to do it in a spirit of gentleness and respect. Have, have you ever seen some of these uh, people out there that in the name of Jesus, they're out there on the, on the street corners or they'll go to the gay pride parades and they'll say stuff, signs on there, and they'll say stuff like turn or burn or they'll have, you know, nasty things and you're all going to hell and all this other stuff. Anyone ever see people like that? It's, it's why the church has such a bad name, because they, they claim that they're doing it in the name of Jesus, but apparently they forgot this verse where it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope that you have. It says, but do this with gentleness and respect. Come on, somebody. And, and, and so Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says, be wise in the way you act toward our outsiders, Make the most of every opportunity. Then it says, let your conversations always be full of grace, grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. everyone. Now, what does does salt do? Salt does a couple things. Salt adds flavor, uh, and it makes you thirsty. I I mean, I remember when when my wife and I were... Uh, just getting together, and I got invited over to my mother-in-law's house. I can't remember if we were just married or we were just before we were getting married. We got, and I got invited over there for dinner. And she made a meal that was some kind of boiled chicken. Now, I come from a Caribbean background, and my stepfather was Italian. And he did a lot of the cooking. So the food in my house was, it was delicious. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Caribbeans, any Caribbeans in the house, any Italians in the house? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. The the food just tastes fantastic. Now, I go to my wife, uh, was raised in a Jewish home, and, and when I went into that home and sat down at that meal, and I don't know if all Jewish houses were the same, but when that boiled chicken <laughs> got placed in front of me, and no, no disrespect to my, you know, anybody, but I, I took a bite of it and it was tasteless. <laughs> the first thing I asked for was, because I don't want to disrespect anyone, can anybody, is there any salt? Can I get a little salt or something? Something to put on this tasteless piece of meat. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> well, the Bible says that let our conversations always be full of grace and uh, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. That was, and that's what salt does. It adds flavor and it makes us thirsty. So what is he saying? He's saying as it relates to our conversations on a day-to-day basis, our conversations should be making people thirsty for Jesus? Is your conversation making people thirsty for Jesus? Or is it turning people off of Jesus? Come on, somebody. It should be making people wanting to have a little bit more of the Lord. Amen? Folks, the hour is late. And we need to stop leaving this conversation for someone else. And we need to realize that you and I are the men and women that God has put 
for such a time as now to reach the people in our lives. That if we don't do it or won't do it, that there will be people going into what I call a Christless eternity. Because we're of the mindset, you know, you know Pastor Rick, I mean, I'm not good at, at saying anything, and so I'm just going to let somebody else say it. Matter of fact, that's your next feeling. We're, we're taking the stance that we're willing to pray, but we're not willing to say anything. And because of that, people are going into a Christless eternity. The Apostle Paul spoke to this in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. He says, as the scripture says, anyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. But before people can ask the Lord for help, they must believe in him. And before they can believe in him, they must do what? They must hear about him. And for them to hear about the Lord, someone has to do what? Tell them, someone say, you got to tell them. Someone has to tell them. I mean, think about how you came to faith. How did you come to faith? Did someone tell you? All right. And I, I mean, in the past, I would do a little survey. How many came to faith through an evangelist? You, nobody? You went to like a Billy Graham meeting and or one of these evangelists, and you came to faith? How many came to faith because somebody took the time to tell you? That's me. I'm looking through the room. That's most hands. I mean, those are basically the two choices, unless, you, unless God just woke you up in the middle of the night <laughs> or, or something. But most of us, somebody had to tell us. And then the Holy Spirit went off inside of you and said what they were saying is true and it started to bear witness with the truth of what the Holy Spirit was saying. And so Romans 10, 15 says this, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I like to say this, I don't care how ugly your feet are. I mean, some of us, <laughs> oh man, if I say this, I might get in trouble. Should I get in trouble? Because I used to make a deal with my kids that if I, <laughs> if I ever use them in, a, in, a, in an example, I owe them money. And so... <clears throat> I went to, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to pay the money. I, my family decided, uh, talked me into going to get a, a, a pedicure. And as I went into the place, I mean, I think it was like the only, the second one I've ever had in my entire life. I'm 55 years old. I couldn't, I couldn't even remember the experience from the first time. It was actually kind of cool, though, when they started messing with my feet. I, it was ticklish, you know? And so I was there with my wife. I'm just going to say one of my daughters. I'm not going to say which one. Maybe I won't have to pay. <laughs> She'll know. I'm going to, but you guys won't know. And with one of them, <laughs> they had to take a little, like a little grinder machine. <laughs> you, 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 
ships flying everywhere. And because sometimes you, you ladies, you wear these hard shoes, and then it makes the bottom of your feet like all callous. I mean, this is all news to me. And I'm just looking at them. I'm just cracking up because I'm like, what is she doing to your foot? I'm, I'm going to owe some money today. Listen, if you're one who shares the good news of the gospel to the people around you, I don't care how ugly your feet are. <laughs> the Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who share good news. Come on, somebody. So the question to you is, let me read Romans 10, 15 again. It says, and how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The question is, who has the Lord sent? Is it just the preacher, the minister, the evangelist, the prophet, the, the apostle? Who has God sent? He, he, he sent us all. Write that down. He sent us all. None of us are off the hook in terms of the mandate or the mission that God has put forth. Jesus said this to his disciples, and his disciple is a follower of Christ. Upon his ascension back into heaven in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. The New Century Version says it this way. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. So whose job is it? It's, it's my job. It's your job. It, it's the teenager's job. We're my teens. Okay? It's the retiree jobs. When I went to Russia uh, with Josh McDonald's, a lot of the people who, who went in, in 95 when the walls came came down finally, and we can go in there with the gospel. A lot of them were 60, 70, 80 years old. And their mantra was, listen, nowhere in the Bible does the Bible says we are supposed to retire. It says we are to refire. Come on, somebody. And, and with all those elderly people, we spread out all over Russia, giving out uh, literature and preaching the gospel to everybody who would listen. Because we didn't know how long those walls would stay down. Because prior to that, they were, they were making it illegal for the gospel to be spread in Russia. God's not called us to retire. He's called us to refire. And that's for every single one of us. Does that make sense? Again, the New Century Version, Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. So it's all of our jobs. And it doesn't have to be complicated. When it comes to sharing the gospel, because some people say, well, perhaps we're I'm just not good at it. Well, listen, all you have to do is share your story. Write that down. Share your story. Now, I've learned and taught many strategies over the years and I've taught the way of the master, which I think is probably the best. If you ever get a chance, just Google the way of the master, and, and it'll give you some strategies as to how to share your faith. I've taught the five steps of faith. I've taught, I've, I've taught and sat in on the four spiritual laws. All of them had their merits. All of them were good in their own way. But 
all you really need if you're going to fulfill the mission that God has for us for such a time as now is to share your story. How, how and why did you come to faith? How and why did you come to faith? This is how I, I was before I came to faith. This is, then I had this encounter with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and this is how I am now, right? Can we all do that? This is how I was. This is how I had this encounter with Jesus, and this is how I am now. That's all you have to do. Um, and, and, and God will use that to change or at least plant a seed because at the end of the day, the Scripture says it's, it's um, one plants and other waters, but it's who? God that gives the increase. So at the end of the day, my job is to just plant and the water. But they didn't get saved. It's not your job to save anybody. It's your job to plant and to water. Amen? To plant and to water. And, and, and in a good t- time, good season, God will bring the increase. And you don't know when that's going to be. I mean, I've shared my testimony many, many times over the years. I've shared the gospel countless times over the years. And there are times where people have received it immediately. Uh, and there are times when they haven't. In my own story, I, I grew up in a home where, where uh, my parents got divorced. And, and when my, I always share that when my, when my dad divorced my mom, apparently he divorced his, his three sons as well. At least that's what it felt like until we moved down to, until I, I was a little bit angry growing up, and then a stepdad came into the picture, um, and we had one thing in common. He didn't like me, and I didn't like him. And so, so uh, Pastor Rick, as a youth, was a little bit angry, you know, growing up. And so um, at, a, at, at some point, we moved down to South Florida, and when we moved down to South Florida, we, we were raised in the Catholic Church when we were in New York, but when we came down here, we just stopped going to church altogether until a, uh, a church plant moved in to the local school down the street, and uh, Pastor Tim came knocking on the doors of the churches, I mean, of the, of, the, of the homes, and invited many people from that area to come to the church. And for some reason, my mom said, yes, we'll go. And we all went. And when I went, I heard the gospel for the very first time. I, I've never heard it before. And it went off in my spirit. <laughs> and in that moment, I surrendered my life to Jesus, and, and I, I started to realize that even though I didn't have, um, you know, real good luck with my earthly parents and my stepfather, I, that I had a father in heaven who loved me and cared for me and had a plan for my life. Come on, somebody. And so, and then my life started to change. I stopped, I, I stopped living just for, you know, the friends and all this other stuff. And I started, the, the things of the Lord started becoming more and more important to me. And, and, and that's my story. And so my question to you is, I mean, when it comes down to, your story, who's going to tell you that your story is wrong? How can you mess up your story? I mean, so, Pastor Rick, what if I mess it up? You can't mess it up. 
<laughs> it's your story, right? And so they, they may not agree with it. They may want to shut you down because they don't want to hear it, but they can't say, you know, oh, that's wrong. No, no, that's my story, okay? And that's your story, and God expects us to share our story. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen? And so in Proverbs, oh, oh, what does the Bible say about the soul winner? In Proverbs 11.30, it says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. So who, who, who considers the soul winner wise? God does. God considers the soul winner wise. The world may consider someone who will spend time trying to convince someone of the spiritual things as a fool. But honestly, listen to me, I'd rather be a fool for God than a fool for the world. And my Bible says that, you know, he chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Amen? That's what the scripture says. And so I'd rather be God's fool than the world's fool when it comes to spiritual things in our lives. Does that make sense? So what are we supposed to do with the message? Help me out, somebody. Share it. Share it. Turn to someone and say, share it. Okay. Many are taking the stance that, that they're willing to pray, but they're not willing to say it, right? Who, who has the Lord sent? All of us. And when it comes to the sharing the gospel, what, we, what should we do? Just share. Turn to someone and say, just share your story. But let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. In sharing your story and sharing the gospel, you may suffer. You may suffer. And I know we like to stay away from that word, stay away from it, and we always like to, you know, share the gospel of um, prosperity. The gospel of prosperity goes something like this. If, you know, if you come to Jesus, everything is always going to be fine from now on. Um, anyone ever heard that, story, that, that gospel before? I, I've heard it. <laughs> anyone heard it, story? I mean, oh, better yet, if you turn in a certain amount of money. Okay? I've heard that story. Somebody, some people slick in slick suits and, and whatever, and they turn the gospel into a means of great gain in terms of financial gain by telling people, I've been to a church. You know, you're having a rough time. Sow this seed into our ministry, and God's going to give you a hundredfold and all this other stuff. Meaning that there's, everything's always going to go great for you. To which, which to me, I mean, I'm like, have you guys ever read the Bible? I mean, seriously, many of the people who, how many know that Paul was probably doing better financially before he came to Christ <laughs> than after he came to Christ? And Paul was a, responsible for most of the New Testament. Paul is responsible probably for most of us coming to, to faith because he brought the gospel to the Gentiles, which most of us are. And so it cost him. And how many know that Paul suffered? Yes. And many of the apostles suffered. 
to get the good news of the gospel out. There are people in other countries like China and, and North Korea and, and even in places in Europe and stuff like that, Middle East and stuff that, well, you come to Christ, you will suffer. But suffer anyway. And I'm just telling you, don't shoot the, the messenger because there, there are going to be times when people are not going to want to hear what you have to say. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 8 says, So you must never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for Christ. With the strength God gives you, be ready to, what does the word say? Be ready to suffer. Now, where was he? He said he was in jail. Why was he in jail? For Christ. For preaching the gospel. Not for anything else. And why was that happening? Because he came upon a system that Paul is saying there is a king. You, know, you have a Caesar, but there is a king of kings and a lord of lords. And all throughout time, the world has had a problem with people like in North Korea. He, he wants to be the, the top guy. That's why he's persecuting Christians, because Christians will not say that he's the top guy. Christians say, there's a guy over you, and his name is Jesus. Okay, in, in China, communist China, they want you to bow down to their system. And so they persecute the church because the church says that there's a king above you. There's a system above you. And, and, and all throughout history, it's the reason why the church comes under persecution because, they will, because we answer to a higher, a higher power. Does that make sense? And because of that, that's when the the suffering happens. That's what happened with the Apostle Paul. That's why he ended up in prison, because he's preaching something that is contrary to what their system of the day was espousing. So he goes on to say, even though I'm in prison for Christ, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the proclamation of the good news. Now I'm talking to someone out there today. Because there may come a time in this country, and, and it's probably we're already there, that the choice you might have to make is to either shut up or face ridicule or worse for the cause of Christ. Can I just, I mean, it's not one of those messages that you might hear at uh, Joel Osteen's church. <laughs> who never has anything, you know, to say about what's actually going on. But there may be a time where it's going to, you have that choice between either standing with the gospel, as Paul is saying, or shutting down entirely. And I want to tell you this morning that as far as God is concerned, your victory lies in your willingness to testify to the truth no matter what. Revelation 12.10, as I'm coming to a close this morning, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, 
Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down, that's Satan, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Listen. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. That's the, one of the final words on the matter in the book of Revelation. Friends, my question to you this morning is, have you applied God's PPE, even down to having your feet shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace? Are you ready to share the good news to anyone and everyone, no matter the cost in the spirit of humility and grace and respect? And perhaps with the tenacity of the Jehovah Witnesses, even though I disagree with all of their doctrine and their conclusions, we've been in a pandemic. And what are they known for, Jehovah Witnesses? Going, knocking on doors, and that, you know? That's when everybody sh shut the doors, shut the windows, be quiet, don't say anything. Well, they had also adhered to the, to the, uh, you know, the mandates to not go, and they've stopped, at least in my neighborhood. I don't know about yours. But what they've started doing is writing out handwritten letters to the neighbors. Anyone got one of those letters? You did, you did, you did. I got, I've gotten two now. Not copy and pasted letters. I'm talking about handwritten long letters sharing their heart and their version of the gospel and an invitation to their kingdom hall. Now, you know what that said to me? Like I said, I, I don't advise anyone to get involved with Jehovah Witnesses, although there's some, some nice people. But their, doc, their doctrine is off. But it also spoke to me of the tenacity that they have towards sharing the gospel no matter what. Folks, if we ever got that kind of tenacity, even though this pandemic has emptied out a lot of churches uh, in terms of numbers and put a lot of people online, our numbers would still just be going up and up and up because we would understand that for such a time as now, we are at that period where the gospel needs to go out more than ever before. Come on, somebody. And the person or persons that God wants to use, I'm praying that, that God will open your eyes to the opportunities even this week to the sharing of the gospel to those who are lost in your community, in your sphere, whether it's your job or your school or your home. When those opportunities come up, we wouldn't just shirk our responsibility and say, okay, I will just pray. But we would open our mouths 
regardless of the cost, and we'll start to say the good news. Because most of us in this room, when we came to faith, we came to faith because somebody told us the good news. Does that make sense? And it all starts with getting to know the Prince of Peace, and his name is Jesus. And we apply the helmet of salvation to our lives by putting our trust completely in him for the salvation of our souls. Have we enjoyed this series so far? Do not miss the, the exciting conclusion. There is one more thing that Paul tells us to do, and we're going to cover that next week. But before we close today, it would be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer of commitment, a recommitment to the things of the Lord, to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords himself, understanding that, yes, these things will happen. But I'm telling you in advance that in opening your mouth and sharing the gospel, not everybody wants to hear it, but share it anyway. Because everybody needs to hear it. Amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And say something like this from your heart. Heavenly Father, I come before you today and acknowledge that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Fill me with your spirit, with your power, and with your love. I acknowledge that you came and the sacrifice you made, you didn't make for yourself. You made it for me, dying on the cross and three days later rising from the dead. And so from this day forward, by faith, Lord, I place my trust completely in you. I apply by faith the full armor of God, your PPE, and especially today's. Help me to shod have my, have my feet shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace. Let me not shirk back from my responsibility to share the good news to those all around me. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said, Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.